of our worship. It is an equal opportunity involvement segment of worship and explains why we at Valley View feel so strongly that anything um, that takes away from congregational singing is to be discouraged. Anything that causes members to become spectators rather than participants is not something we want to introduce here. Just look at our culture and you can see how incredibly important singing is to people. It has universal appeal. Singing can reflect our experiences that we've had, and it can also shape the experiences we will have. It has the power to remind us of powerful things and even allow us to feel the impact of those things beyond just the intellect. What we sing has a great influence on us, and it shapes the behavior that's going to come out of us, impacting us deeply even in the week to come as we sing these songs. If you go to work, uh, work out at a fitness place, there'll always be music playing, whether the music you put into your ear or the music that plays over the speaker that they have. And it's the kind of music that motivates you to work out and exercise, right? Or if you watch a movie, you know that something's about to happen that's significant because the music comes on to affect, the, uh, to affect you on the scenes that are coming up, up on, the, on the screen. God gives us the ability to sing, and He considers... Um, this so central that he made a central part, a very significant part of our worship, this singing that we all engage in equally. And the Bible makes it clear that not only is this something that we enjoy, but it's something that's powerful and spiritual, spiritual in its impact. But not all songs are created equal. A song that we actually use in a worship service should have some particular message to it. It needs to have a specific kind of content to be worthy of what we do in lifting God's name up. We praise God, but it's more really for us because it reminds us of why He deserves to be praised. It reminds us that there are certain things in our lives that we enjoy and they come straight from His hand, and therefore we go back to Him with a song of praise. It strengthens your resolve to live for Him. This song in Exodus chapter 15, and it is a song, this entire chapter, all the way down through most of it at least, is a song. It's called the Song of Moses. These people have witnessed the ten plagues. They've seen this mass exodus out of, out of Egypt and slavery. We've observed from a distance the amazing scene of the Red Sea crossing on dry ground, and the stage is set for Israel to book it to the promised land of freedom. But they pause. It doesn't go from Exodus 14 to Exodus 16. There's a 15. And all they do, it says, if you look at the end of verse four, chapter 14, the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians. Israel saw with their own eyes the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians. And so the people feared the Lord for the first time, it seems. They actually fear. They know that God did this, and they believed in the Lord and His servant Moses. And so what do you do when something you see is so clearly from God? What do you do when something you've experienced is so clearly from the hand of God? What you do is you stop at that moment and you sing. And tonight, we're going to sing the first few verses of this song. When I was at church camp back in 1980-something, somebody introduced this song to us. It's straight out of Exodus 15. We sang it that week, and I never sang it again all my life, and I think there's a reason for it. It's not, this is not going to be something that stays with you all your life. 
But the words on the screen right now are the words straight out of Exodus 15. And you probably don't know it. No song leader that we had know it. And so I don't know it very well, but I'm going to try to teach a song. Why? Because I can. You ready? This is straight out of Exodus 15. I just want you to... Or the first couple of lines, we repeat them. Second couple of lines, we repeat them. Third couple of lines, we re repeat them. And that's all it is. It goes like this. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and rider thrown into the sea. Okay, quick one. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and rider thrown into the sea. That's right. That's, the, that's straight out of Scripture. I want to go back. Go back to that and let's sing that line again all together. You ready? Go back. Yeah. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and rider thrown into the sea. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and rider thrown into the sea. That's the first two lines. And at church camp, we put a yee-haw right there, but we're not going to do that in church. All right, so skip that. Next two lines, you ready? The Lord, my God, my strength, my song, has now become my victory. The Lord, my God, my strength, my song, has now become my victory. Next line. Okay. The Lord is God, and I will praise Him, my Father's God, and I will exalt Him. The Lord is God, and I will praise Him, my Father's God, and I will exalt Him. That's the whole song. That's it. Now, this whole song of chapter 15 has been put into this song. We're only going to learn this part. So go back to the beginning of that, and let's sing it all together, okay? And this is a little weird because I'm not a song leader, all right? But this is straight from Scripture, so it counts as a God-written song, y'all. We're walking on sacred ground. Now, this is the song of Moses, and I want you to put that in your head. Because at the beginning of this chapter, this is the song of Moses, and you're going to hear this referred to again in Scripture. You ready? I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and rider thrown into the sea. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and rider thrown into the sea. The Lord, my God, my strength, my song, has now become my victory. The Lord, my God, my strength, my song, has now become my victory. The Lord is God, and I will praise Him, my Father's God, and I will exalt Him. The Lord is God, and I will praise Him, my Father's God, and I will exalt Him. That's it. And that's Exodus 15. That's the song of Moses, straight from Scripture. And that's what they did with this. And that's what I think songs and hymns and spiritual songs means. All this did was they looked at something that just happened. They realized that God had done it, and they sang a song of praise to him. It's a response for what he's done. And this is always how it should be in our worship service. We don't sing songs that are just random truths that nobody knows. We sing songs that reflect our awareness. God's done something amazing for us, and we want to give him the credit for it. He wants us to always remember why our response is called for. If we ever get to a point where we don't think God is worthy of our praise, our time, our worship, our response of life, if we don't know why He's worthy of our praise, we will struggle with obedience, church. The reason why we obey Him and we serve Him with joy and gratitude is that we are aware of what we owe Him. In this particular song, notice a couple of things. 
It celebrates what God has just done, looks out over the most recent past, and gives God the credit for it. And it calls God a man of war, a warrior. He is our fighter. He's in his, his armor, and he's out in front of us, and he's fighting for us. And while this image offends a lot of sensible people in our modern, sophisticated time, we, we take out songs like Onward Christian Soldiers. We don't want to sing about that stuff anymore. But as much as God gives me peace, I want to serve a God who can armor up and fight my enemies and strike fear into the hearts of people who oppose him. I want him to be someone who causes our doubts and our fears to shudder in their boots because they're in the presence of our God who fights for us. And the, Egyptian, the Israelites wanted to know that when it came to the Egyptians. The Red Sea is that moment when they realize this is no wimpy God we serve. This is no God who's just simply in control of the little things of life and gives me peace for my day and helps me through my day to find my keys or, or to give me a sense of purpose. This is a God who, when I'm facing the hardest hardships of life, I can count on Him to lift this thing up and save me. Our songs, the songs we sing, need to celebrate this. We're going to sing two of them right now. Matthew's going to lead us. The first one's going to really make reference to the God as the giver of all good things. Every good and perfect gift you have, the food you eat and the clothes that you wear and the house you live in and the relationships you have, all those things are from God, and we need to remember that. But so is what Jesus did for us, what God did for us through Christ. And you're going to notice in these songs, there's a reference made to a specific event in Scripture. In this case, two Old Testament stories. After each song, we're going to pause for a minute. I'm going to ask you to tell me what Old Testament story does this refer to? Because if you can't draw a line to that, you're missing something rich. But even more than that, you can do it for yourself in your own life. Make reference to this. So Matthew, lead us a couple songs. Oh, thou fount of every blessing, Tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me ever to adore thee, may I still thy goodness prove. While the hope of endless glory Fills my heart with joy and love. Here I raise my Ebenezer. Hither by thy help I've come. And I hope by thy good pleasure Safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me when a stranger Wandering from the fold of God, He to rescue me from danger interposed His precious blood. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Never let 
let me wander from thee, never leave the God I love. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. Okay, there was a reference made in that song to an Old Testament event. What was it? Here I raise my Ebenezer. Where's that from? Anybody know? Yeah! 1 Samuel 7. Tony's blowing my mind. 1 Samuel chapter 7. Samuel took a stone, set it up. This is when he prayed and sacrificed for God to give Israel the victory in battle. And Samuel took a stone, set it up between Mizpah and Shen. He named it Ebenezer. Thus far, the Lord has helped us. The rock of help. Okay, so... We've got to know that from the Old Testament to appreciate that, but let me ask you this. How many times has God helped you through something? And you can call it your Ebenezer, your moment in your life when God really was powerfully present and gave you what you needed. Can you think of any times like that? Every time you sing this song, when you say, here I raise my Ebenezer, you need to say, I, you need to recall to your mind those moments in your life when you know God helped you through something, every one of us has several. When you sing that song, think of them. Here's another one. A wonderful Savior is Jesus my Lord, a wonderful Savior to me. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock where rivers of pleasures I see. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock that shadows a dry, thirsty land. He hideth my life in the depths of his love and covers me there with his hand. And covers me there with his hand. A wonderful Savior is Jesus my Lord. He taketh my burden away. He holdeth me up and I shall not be moved. He giveth me strength as my day. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock that shadows a dry, thirsty land. He hideth my life in the depths of his love and covers me there with his hand and covers me there with his hand. When clothed in his brightness transported I rise to meet him in clouds of the sky. His perfect salvation, his wonderful love, I'll shout with the millions on high. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock that shadows a dry, thirsty land. He hideth my life <coughs> of his love and covers me there with his hand and covers me there with his hand. Anybody get the Old Testament reference from that one? He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock. Is that verse up on the screen? Exodus 33. Moses says, 
show me your glory. He just wants God to make an appearance. I want to see you. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for no one can see me and live. And the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand in a rock. And when my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I've passed by. Then I'll remove my hand and you can see my back, but my face must not be seen. And in Jesus, he says, he's shown us the Father, right? He's hidden us, not enough to kill us, but he's allowed us to see the glory of himself through his son. And that's what we experience in that song. This is something scripture has much testimony about. The Psalms, of course, are full of these kinds of songs. But even in the narratives of scripture, we see these pauses where it's appropriate for God's people to sing praise. Judges chapter 5, after Deborah and Barak do this great military victory, killing Sisera, Sisera, then what you have is this song all the way through that chapter, commemorating this as God visiting them with favor. Numbers chapter 21, this short song for God providing Israel water in the desert. 2 Samuel 22, the longest one, David wrote this one for the many times that God has saved him. Hannah begged for a kid. When he gave him Samuel, she gives God praise in 1 Samuel. Zechariah and Mary do the same thing. And now, several hundred years removed from this amazing deliverance of the Red Sea crossing, we have deliverances of our own. Jesus is the greatest deliverance God will ever show. It's all of humanity. But we have other things too. Every spiritual blessing we have in Christ, every perfect gift that comes from the Father comes through him. And that's worthy of our praise. So we're going to stop and we're going to remember that. And we're going to sing. We're going to sing about what Jesus did. And then we're going to sing about every little thing in our lives belongs to God's praise. Let it fuel your praise as you think about all that God has done for us. Oh, listen to our wondrous story, counted once among the lost. Yet one came down from heaven's glory, saving us at awful cost. Who saved us from eternal loss? What did he do? Where is he now? In heaven interceding. No angel could his place have taken, highest of the high though he. The loved one on the cross forsaken was one of the Godhead three. Who saved us from eternal loss? What did he do? Where is he now? In heaven interceding. Will you surrender to this Savior, to his scepter humbly bow? You too shall come to know his favor. He will save you, save you now. 
who saved us from eternal loss. What did he do? Where is he now? In heaven interceding. For the beauty of the earth, for the beauty of the skies, for the love which from our birth over and around us lies. Lord of all, to thee we raise this our sacrifice of praise for the beauty of each hour of the day and of the night hill and vale and tree and flower sun and moon and stars of light lord of all to thee we raise this our sacrifice of praise for thy church that evermore lifteth holy hands above, offering upon every shore her pure sacrifice of love. Lord of all, to thee we raise this our sacrifice of praise. But you'll notice in Exodus chapter 15, it doesn't stop at the Red Sea. If you look at about verse 11, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand and the earth swallowed them. You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you've redeemed. You've guided them by your strength to your holy abode. The peoples have heard they tremble. Pangs have seized the inhabitants of Philistia. Well, that's not true yet. That hasn't happened yet. He's saying, we know this is going to happen. When you start realizing what God's already done, you start trusting in what He's going to do. He's made promises to Israel that now they sing as if they've already happened. They talk about taking us to the promised land and giving us the land of the mountains and all that God wants to do for them and the sanctuary that He's established and then God will reign forever and ever. These things have not happened yet, but they know given what God's already done and the promises He's made that He's going to do these things. One of the reasons we as the church need to sing praise to God for what He's already done is to instill in us a confidence for what he's still yet to do, but he's already told us. He's going to be with us at every moment. He's going to be present with us, and he's going to be there for us anytime we ask. We can know that in the future because he's done that in the past. We have a few songs, especially heaven songs, that are, that are all through our songbook that we sing about what we're going to experience one day and how that impacts us today. So we're going to sing a couple of songs now about what God is yet to do 
but we know he's gonna. <clears throat> I'm in the way, the bright and shining way. I'm in the glory land way. Telling the world that Jesus saves today. Yes, I'm in the glory land way. I'm in the glory land way. I'm in the glory land way. Heaven is nearer and the way groweth clearer for I'm in the glory land way. List to the call, the gospel call today. Get in the glory land way. Wonders come home, oh, hasten to obey, for I'm in the glory land way. I'm in the glory land way. I'm in the glory land way. Heaven is nearer and the way groweth clearer for I'm in the glory land way. Onward I go rejoicing in his love. I'm in the glory land way. Soon I shall see him in that home above. Oh, I'm in the glory land way. I'm in the glory land way. I'm in the glory land way. Heaven is nearer and the way groweth clearer for I'm in the glory land way. <laughs> to Canaan's land I'm on my way where the soul never dies. My darkest night will turn to day where the soul never dies. No sad farewells, no tear dimmed eyes, where all is love and the soul never dies. A rose is blooming there for me where the soul never dies. And I will live eternally where the soul never dies. No sad farewells, no tear-dimmed eyes. Where all is love and the soul never dies. I'm on my way to that fair land where the soul never dies. Where there will be no parting hand and the soul never dies. No sign, the
no tedium dies where all is love and the soul never dies. You really could say that the road to heaven is paved with an abundance of amazing songs. God is worthy of a song, and if he's praised with a song for every good thing he does for us, there's this rich treasure of those songs we could draw from, from every circumstance we experienced. But we're going to summarize tonight's thought by singing that song again. You're going to try it, Matthew? You want to try it? We'll try it. This is the song of Moses again, but, but we've added the song of the Lamb too. So it's a little unusual song. We sung it already. I don't know whether you like it or not. It doesn't matter. You're going to sing it again. But, but instead of leaving it with just the song of Moses, it's been updated just a little bit. So be careful with the words, okay? Let's sing this together. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and rider thrown into the sea. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and rider thrown into the sea. The Lord my God, my strength and song, has now become my victory. The Lord my God, my strength and song, has now become my victory. Lord is God and I will praise him, my Father is God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is God, and I will praise him, my Father is God, and I will exalt him. <laughs> I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The grave is empty, won't you come and see? I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The grave is empty, won't you come and see? The Lord my God, my strength and song, has now become my victory. The Lord my God, my strength and song, has now become my victory. The Lord is God and I will praise him, my Father is God, and I will exalt him, the Lord is God, and I will praise him, my Father is God, and I will exalt him. You're a much better song leader than I am, I promise you. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> I can get that at home, thank you very much. This is all summarized by one particular song I've always been afraid of, but I think using PowerPoint makes it easier. And I haven't sung, heard it sung here, but I know you, you know it. It's called the new song. In a way, it already refers to the song we just sang because it talks about the song of Moses. And it references a, a scene in, in Revelation chapter 15. Sing, we'll sing one of these days, we're up in heaven, we'll sing the song of Moses and the Lamb by and by, right? Revelation 15, which is called the new song in Revelation 14. The song of Moses is the first great praise of deliverance 
where they sang to God for what he'd just done, that obviously God has saved them from something that would have been very dire had he not. And the song of Jesus and the Lamb will be the last great deliverance song when judgment comes and our only hope for surviving judgment and getting to heaven is that the, the Lamb offered his blood for us. That's the song of the Lamb. And so in heaven, we're going to sing the first great deliverance song together. And we're going to sing for the first time ever the song of the Lamb, the last great deliverance song. We're going to sing them all, but we're going to sing the first and the last. I hope everyone in here tonight has already reserved your spot in that great chorus. You're already looking forward to giving your voice to everyone else who has the, great, has, the, has the same boast that our Savior died for us. And if you've already done that, if you've already given your life to him, you're going to be in that chorus. And tonight, we're going to sing the new song as kind of a warm-up session for that great chorus that we'll have in heaven. But I'm going to tell you this. If you've not decided to put Jesus on in baptism... You may never get to hear that song, and that would truly be unfortunate. Make sure that you're there in that great beyond one day and sing in that chorus that new song of Moses and the Lamb. And tonight, if you need to do something about that to make sure that you are there, that you are contributing a voice that benefited from that sacrifice, the invitation is open for you. Right now, what we're going to do is for everyone who's going to be there and you've already reserved your spot, we're going to sing the new song of Moses and the Lamb. And while we do this, if you haven't reserved your spot but you want to right now, by naming the name of Jesus from your lips and being immersed, this is the time for you. Either be singing or be responding as we stand and sing now.